So at the moment, each water company provides their own scheme to help people who are struggling to pay their bill. What that creates is a postcode lottery. So the help that you get, it will be different to the help that I get. And even if we're in exactly the same circumstances, I could get a 90% discount off my bill and you could get no help at all. Now, we think that is fundamentally unfair and that customers deserve protection wherever they live and that support. So one of the things that we're campaigning for is the introduction of a water affordability scheme that is the same across the whole sector. Hi, I'm Beldit Mankus. Welcome to The Purposeful Strategist. The podcast that shifts the conversation about purpose and strategy from what organizations should do to what business leaders are doing and what they've learned along the way. In this episode, I'll be joined by Emma Clancy, the Chief Executive of CCW, the Consumer Council for Water. Emma shares how she prioritizes the multiple demands on a small, passionate organization that is addressing urgent, pressing issues like water affordability, as well as longer-term challenges like future water scarcity. She also describes how CCW creates transparency in how they develop their strategy. Emma, thank you very much for joining us. Welcome to The Purposeful Strategist. You're the chief executive of CCW. Could you tell us a bit about what CCW does and how you see your role there? Sure. Um, So CCW, in a nutshell, is the voice for people in the water industry. And obviously, as as chief exec, I lead the organisation, set the strategy, uh, you know, work with our fantastic team to give them the opportunity to deliver the best that they can every day. It's a consumer group. So being the voice of the people means trying to, you know, make sure that everyone has a voice in what's happening in the water sector. You know, water is a human right. There is no customer choice about water providers. Essentially, they are regional monopolies. And therefore, it's really important there is an active consumer body reminding companies about the customers they're serving and making sure that we do all have access to water now and in the future. And that involves a whole range of things. So there's some really good policy debates and discussions that we get involved in every day. Lots of balances to be struck. And also we help customers on individual basis every day. So people can complain to the Consumer Council for Water about their water company, you know, a service provision or a bill issue. And we will get involved as essentially a mediation role and, you know, champion that resolution for the customer, which can involve money, but most importantly involves getting the problem fixed. It was part of the original regulatory framework. So I think when essentially water companies became businesses and the regulatory framework was set up, there was always a recognition there needed to be a stronger voice. Over time, it sat with the regulator and then outside of the regulator, which is where we sit now. And we're funded at 24p on everybody's water bill. So your good self, you pay for us, which means, of course, we're a fantastic insurance. So if you have a problem with your water bill, you can come to CCW and we would help you. Good. So we're going to talk about strategy. We're going to talk about purpose. But before we get into that, how would you define organizational purpose and how does it relate to things like mission or vision? So I think purpose is really the why, isn't it? You know, it's answering that question about 
what your organization's place is in society, what its unique contribution is and where it can do good. So we kind of think of it as the why. I guess for us, the mission is about the kind of the what and the vision is about where we want to go. And those things kind of frame both your daily decisions, but also the trajectory of the organization, especially when you put the really important dynamic of values into the mix. You know, and I think that for us is as important, you know, particularly as we're dealing with customers, particularly as we're a mission driven organization. So the values are kind of the glue that holds all of that together and either helps our people do a great job every day or indeed if not working properly can hinder people so i definitely put values more squarely in that kind of group of words as important um so what would you say your organization's purpose is what is the why well we're kind of basically just passionate about representing you know water consumers and that's kind of what we do every day but very much with an eye on problems that exist now So, you know, very topical at the moment with the water sector hardly ever out of the news. You know, what's the balance to be had between the affordability of bills and investment needed for the future? Because by 2050, many areas of the UK will be facing significant water scarcity problems and shortage problems. You know, that's quite shocking. It doesn't get talked about enough. And our role is to make sure that, you know, we're securing supplies now, but also making sure that our children have the water that they need in the future. And that scarcity, is that because the population's growing? Everybody's individual water usage is going up or the climate's changing. We're just not getting water. What's driving that? I know. Yeah, it is is shocking, isn't it? It's a combination of lots of things. So, yes, you know, population growth. Demand for more houses is pushing up demand. There's also an issue around how we value water as individuals. So every individual uses around about 140 litres of water, of which probably only about 12 of those is associated with either drinking or cooking. So a lot of that water is used for things like showering and other things. And yet all of the water that we're provided with is drinking water quality. And there are those kind of fundamental, I guess, assumptions about how we deal with water that we kind of need to consider in order to make sure that there's enough in the future. So there's lots of things about how we value water. And obviously, climate change is a massive part of that. We've got drier summers and other challenges that really mean that we need to take this water scarcity issue very, very seriously. So that purpose, did that kind of come about with the founding of CCW, or is that something you've worked on recently? How did that come into existence or clarity? What's the process there? Yeah, I think because CCW is fundamentally a mission-driven organization, you know, the purpose has always been relatively clear. I think the challenge that organizations like mine have is that, you know, we're 70 people. We represent every person, every business, every charity. So we need to have a very well-defined purpose to help us decide our priorities. That's what we as an organisation have been working on over the last sort of, I guess, 18 months to kind of really narrow that down and think about where our unique contribution can be made and where we can you know, make the biggest difference. So that's why we've worked on our purpose and find it very helpful as a guiding principle to help us decide what to do. Because yeah, there's, there's so much, so much. <laughs> you talked about priorities. For me, there's a pretty strong connection between that and strategy. You know, what's your strategy? Like you said, there's so many things you could be doing. How do you decide what you are going to be doing? 
Yeah, I mean, we are lucky in the sense that part of our purpose is dealing with those customer complaints on a day-to-day basis. So we have a fantastic stream of information into the organisation that helps us frame our priorities. And we have that very direct connection with people. Because often when you're in a sector, you know, you are privileged at the information you receive, but you can become disconnected with what's happening at a kind of a, you know, a more direct level. So we listen to what people are telling us. We analyse what people are complaining about and what they feel passionately about, and we frame our work priorities around those. But as I've mentioned before, always with very much an eye to the future, because while many people won't be thinking about water scarcity, it is really important that as a consumer group, we're championing those issues for the future. So, you know, we use that intelligence, we look at what's going on in the market, and also we do lots of research. So, you know, we have, you know, a very good research team. So we're constantly asking customers about what their views are and what their priorities are, and trying to do that in a very kind of granular way. As I said, the water sector has been the subject of, of lots of headlines, and it's really important that we cut through that a little bit and really understand what people think and what we can do to help them. And research plays a really important part in that part of operations. That all comes together. And then we form our strategy, which has got sort of four sort of strategic priorities that guide our work. And then within that, we'll have individual campaigns. So one of our strategic priorities is to make sure that bills are affordable for everyone. So over one and a half million people in England and Wales right now can't afford their water bill. That's a massive issue for us. So we will have campaigns to help us you know, deliver to that strategic objective of helping people afford their bills. Hmm. You kind of said in a word or two something I wouldn't mind looking at a little more closely, which is we form our strategy. So couple of specific questions on that. You know, some organizations have a five-year strategy and they look at it every five years. Some look at it every year. You know, what's the rhythm and then who gets involved? We are an arm's length body of DEFRA. So it's really important that we do everything in a transparent fashion and we do things publicly. So everybody within CCW gets involved. So everyone has a voice in the process and we run that through workshops So we take the data that I referred to earlier and say to the team, look, you know, we think we should be doing something around affordability of bills. What do you think? What are you hearing? Then work that up into a more defined plan. We then share that with the industry through a very formal process of consultation. So again, we put that out to the sector and to other stakeholders and we get responses from water companies and we also get responses from individuals, you know, people who feel passionately about certain topics that feedback comes into us and then we issue our final programme. So our strategy development is and has to be and should be, you know, very engaging and public and part of a formal consultation process. Really interesting. And so do you do that annually? How does all that play together? So our strategy or our forward work programme is an annual event, but we have the four guiding strategic priorities that, you know, environment, affordability, et cetera, that frame that so that we are making sure that we're contributing over a longer term time horizon and that, you know, we're making impact accordingly because it wouldn't be wise to be just chopping and changing every year. Certainly the two kind of matters of environment affordability are, you know, pillars of our work that are going to be very fixed points, I'm sure, certainly in the next five years. If you're able to talk about it, be really interested in the dynamic around the strategy between you and, you know, the industry. Yeah, I think the industry recognise 
the strength that it gives to the sector to have a strong consumer voice. I've never felt challenged about our role. I've always felt that we've had really strong engagement with companies. And, you know, I'm very keen that we act as a responsible part of the sector as well. And that means that we have to behave in certain ways. I tend to try and operate from the position of assuming the best in people and their motives. And I think that allows us to have some really constructive dialogue, which is not to say that there aren't areas of pushback been with the organization for sort of two rounds of this now and obviously I'm building my own skills and expertise along the way and both times we've had sort of quite strong pushback in one area of each of our plans you know but I think that's kind of important it's our job to push and you know we recognize that the sector will then push back a bit and then hopefully somewhere in the middle there you end up in a really good position that delivers for customers so we have lots of constructive dialogue probably is the shorthand way of saying it but I do feel in general terms, very supportive, and we have great access and good working relationships. Um, as you've been through sort of these two rounds of looking at your strategy, and, and I'm sure in the midst of that, sort of thinking about the purpose and how do they fit together, what surprised you most? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I think it's my job to keep kind of aligned and connected. So I, I don't think that there was any sort of major surprises. And I'd probably been a bit disappointed in myself if that happened, <laughs> if someone had sort of pointed out something that I hadn't really thought about. I think something I need to keep challenging the organisation on is to think about kind of innovation and, you know, keeping up to date. I think for a relatively small organisation that can be challenging and that there are some sort of technology-based solutions that we need to keep reminding ourselves of and updating our strategy in line with. And I think for a small organisation, that's quite challenging. And I think the other wake-up call we had was really around our work to do with affordability, because obviously the cost of living crisis has deteriorated, you know, the, the situation with regard to the significant hike in energy bills obviously puts a huge amount of pressure on households and therefore their water bills. And again, that wasn't a surprise because we were very well tuned to that and working with other organisations in the sector. But it points to the fact that your strategy, you know, your purpose needs revision in light of changing circumstances the need for us to act in relation to affordability, you know, is even more pressing. It needs to happen and it needs to happen now. On the affordability bit, I've kind of got there are people who get bills and they struggle to pay them. What can you do about that as an organisation? Now, what we can do is many and various. So many water companies offer fantastic schemes to help people who are struggling to pay their bills. But only a small minority of us would think about turning to our water company to access that kind of support. So what we can do is campaign, promote, champion the fact that, you know, if you are struggling, don't sit and worry. Get in touch with your water company. They may well be able to help you. They may well have a plan that can ease that particular worry for you. The other thing that we can do is campaign for improvement in those existing schemes and also look to change the scheme of the future. And that's probably the most important point. So at the moment, each water company provides their own scheme to help people who are struggling to pay their bill. What that creates is a postcode lottery. So the help that you get it will be different to the help that I get. And even if we're in exactly the same circumstances, I could get a 90% discount off my bill and you could get no help at all. Now, we think that is fundamentally unfair and that customers deserve protection wherever they live and that support 
So one of the things that we're campaigning for is the introduction of a water affordability scheme that is the same across the whole sector. You know, bearing in mind water is a fundamental right, you can't change your water provider, we think that safety net should be there. So one of the things that we're doing is working with DEFRA and Welsh Government to look at the viability of the introduction of such a scheme. So our role is to champion for those sorts of improvements for the future to make sure people are getting the help that they need. So, you know, that's the sort of role we can play. We're also working with the sector to look at other ways that we can help and improve things, because while a tariff will help some people, it won't help everyone. Everybody's own situation, the reason that they're struggling is very individual to that family and to that circumstance. So it's really important that there's a kind of a suite of options available. And at the moment, we're running a number of pilots with water companies to look at issues like, can we share data in a way that's helpful to customers? How can we present information to customers who might be struggling with their bill in a way that kind of that they can immediately relate to? What's the easiest way for them to access that help? What about people who are, you know, for example, waiting for their universal credit payment? What sort of provision should be in place for them? So we are working with the sector and other stakeholders, other charities, other consumer groups to make improvements in all of those areas as well. So there's lots that we can do and lots that we should be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, What's been the most difficult part of pulling together the strategy? If I've got it right, you've sort of done it twice now. What's been difficult in that? I think when you're running a kind of a mission-driven organisation, it's full of people who are passionate about the course and have fantastic ideas. And it's just trying to get that balance right with what we can deliver with the resources that we have. Not having your ambition constrained and making sure that you're pushing kind of hard and fast enough, but equally making sure that we can deliver in the right areas. So I think that that's an ongoing kind of challenge. And our way of working is to say, if it's a really important job that needs doing, can we work in partnership? So can we kind of amplify our voice with other organisations in order to stretch our small resources that little bit further if it's really important work? But equally, sometimes we do have to make difficult choices to say, well, actually, we just you know don't have the capacity to take that particular issue on. And that's where that intelligence from customers and really importantly, the research activities help guide our work. But yeah, it's just about priorities. Mm-hmm. You've touched on a couple of things that when you put them together, you end up with something that I'm very interested in, which is this issue of sort of, it's a collective challenge. No one entity can address I suspect you face a number of those. Maybe everything you do almost is in that category. And then this idea of of sort of reaching out to other organizations. In that, do you kind of play the convening role, you know, the sort of orchestrating role, or, or maybe I'm asking what's the balance between you being the convening orchestrator and you being the participant helper you know, somebody else is organized, but we'll do our bit. How do you decide where you go on that? And what's the balance? Yeah, and I think this is where purpose helps, you know, because you're coming back to what's our unique contribution that we can make versus stepping back from areas where organizations like the Environment Agency or or the regulator offer are best placed, you know, Uh, and being really clear about what's our bit. But as we are the voice of the customer, there's a lot of convening work that does fall to us. 
people want a range of things, but they do want problem solved and progress made. And therefore, it's our job to kind of push through that, isn't it? And to try and get people around the table to talk about issues and to do that in a collaborative fashion. So we do spend a lot of time in that role of convener, excluding areas where we judge that actually it's just too technical or, you know, there are others with appropriate powers that makes our contribution less important. Probably a difficult question to answer, particularly if you haven't had the opportunity to do the analysis, but what's your sense of the balance of effort between in CCW of you doing it yourself versus you one way or another, energizing, participating, working with other people? I don't know if it's very scientific, but I think in my mind, if I think about my resources and the team and what we can do, I always think there's one or two things that we absolutely need to drive, you know, to own, to drive. It's our responsibility and for us to deliver. And certainly affordability being one of those. And then, but that's probably almost begins to be our maximum. And then there's other things that we need to be creative and contribute to in a purposeful way that we're kind of driving, but in a slightly more backseat sort of way. And that's where kind of working with others and stuff really comes to the fore. It's that kind of issue by issue decision, isn't it? If we don't lead, who else is going to? And do we think that we've got the relationships with that body or organisation to influence a process, but not to lead? If the answer to that is kind of yes, well, that gives you one thing. If we are asked the questions, well, no one else is going to champion it then it's our responsibility to pick it up. Do you have a sense that that changes over time, that there's issues where nobody else is going to do it, but once we get it going, we can kind of step back a bit more? Or is it now there's some things we just got to keep being the leader on? I think it does change over time, doesn't it? It also changes over time with the progress of the issue. So if I take affordability again, you know, we were championing to look at a consistent scheme across water companies. There was a lot of work to get that together and to influence stakeholders. We've got, I think, to a really good place on that. And now there are working groups looking at the details. So we almost sort of step back and become a contributor again. And I'm sure going forward, there'll be other times when in that project, we then step forward again, you know, if if there are things that not being picked up, it does uh, ebb and flow, depending on the need and what the topic requires at that moment. Yeah, it sounds like making that judgment of when to step back, when to lead is probably one of the trickier ones in the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and, and being, I guess, aware that 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 is a factor and being open to that if we get that a bit wrong, you know. I think it's very incumbent on us to acknowledge what we're learning and when we're not getting that right and be prepared to kind of accept feedback and adjust our position with the overall goal in mind. Yeah. What's the impact been on the leadership team? Yeah, good question. I think obviously we've essentially been going through a, a culture change process, you know, at CCW. And I think many people have seized the opportunity to embrace the new way of working you just kind of step back and let great people do great work uh so i've been really blessed to have a large amount of that in the team and for some others you know as with culture change you have to spend more time you know rightly explaining and and trying to get people to connect with where you're going so it's a very kind of individual situation but generally speaking you know they're getting on board and moving forward And what's the impact been on you personally? What have you learned along the way? 
I think one of my reflections would be some of the complexities of the issues that CCW deals with that in society today, it's quite hard to get that kind of nuanced debate heard. People want quick fixes, don't they? Quick answers, short discussions about topics and, you know, uh, things put in very kind of clear, simplistic terms. But many of the issues that we deal with are more complex. And I think one of the challenges that I have as a leader is how, without making things technical or complicated, we explain some of the trade-offs, some of the challenges and some of the nuances that exist in the issues that we're facing. So I think that's a leadership challenge. And the other thing I think is just personal energy. You know, these are great jobs, lots and lots of issues every day, every week, something new, something different which requires, you know, intelligent thought, round reading, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And just having enough energy to kind of drive everything forward and be the leader that my team deserve is, you know, at times quite challenging. Yeah. Yeah. What advice would you give to leaders in other organizations who are wrestling with clarifying their purpose, connecting it with their strategy, any of those sorts of issues? I always find it really helpful just to talk to people and to be honest and open about the dilemmas I think sometimes you kind of feel like you have to have all the answers and that there is some kind of even in hopefully today's slightly more modern climate some kind of implied criticism for asking for help but you know every conversation I have in the sector I learn something and just by sharing I found that I'm able to answer any questions or queries that I have or conundrums just having lots of intelligent conversations with fab people and you'll you'll make progress those fab people are everywhere in every role and in every part of the organization so i guess just keep listening Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. great advice emma that's a great note to end on thank you for joining us my pleasure really appreciate your time (laughs) and, and your input my pleasure thank you Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Purposeful Strategist. Please email any questions or suggestions to belden at mancus.com. In addition to being available on our website, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. If you enjoyed this episode, we release a new episode weekly. Don't forget to subscribe. Thanks again, and join us soon for the next episode of The Purposeful Strategist.